Competition, one of the great pillars of our free market culture. It drives us to be better, pushing us into new frontiers of innovation. And what better manifestation of this value than the fields and arenas around the country, full of sweaty athletes and tribal chants. However, none of this exists without the loyalty of the men and women in the stands. So what draws those crowds? On this episode, we're sitting down with one of Kelly's marketing professors who's helping us discover how we can make fans of our organizations, not just customers or donors. Let's get to the podcast. Welcome to another episode of the ROI Podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell. Here on the show, we work hard to help organizations make better business decisions. For those of you joining us for the first time, we want to thank you for checking us out and welcome you to the Kelly family. And to our loyal supporters, we could not produce this podcast without you. So thank you for helping us grow. It's only by your word of mouth and sharing us on social media that's making this show explode in growth. You honor us so well. And for anyone looking to get a hold of us with questions you're wrestling with as a leader, you want to give us feedback and how we can improve our show, or you simply want to nominate a guest for this podcast, shoot us an email to ROIPod, that's R-O-I-P-O-D at I-U-P-U-I dot E-D-U. Okay, so whatever type of organization we run, whether it's a for-profit, non-profit, service-based, or volunteer-driven, we cater to people at some level even if the people are just the staff we lead. Today, we're sitting down with one of our Kelly marketing professors, Kim Donahue, who's helping us turn our people groups into fans of our organizations, just like our favorite sports teams. The most obvious way is probably that sports is something that most people can relate to, even if they're not sport fans, even if they don't follow talking about competition, talking about how things work and how one team's trying to do something to beat the other team, it's a perfect analogy for business. And you're always in competition, but you respect your opponent and you respect what they can do. If you ever take your opponent for granted or think that they're nothing, they're going to run all over you. I do tend to look at my students as not just students but people who are there because they want to embrace the learning just like a fan would be at an event. Now they may not be fans of me, they may not be fans of the topic, but I hope to inspire them to be fans of learning and fans of understanding how the concepts that you learn in the business world apply to every aspect of your life, not just on the job. Although Kim is a huge Buckeyes fan, She is an incredible asset to our Kelly program. Her areas of expertise include business-to-business marketing, corporate social responsibility, customer segmentation, marketing strategy, and sports marketing. Prior to being on staff, she held prominent leadership roles at both Kraft and Metro Media Steakhouses. And when you sit down with Kim, you'll quickly discover that she is a die-hard sports fan. But beyond the Buckeyes, she loves her Indianapolis sports teams. Her conversation focuses on the nonprofit sector, 
However, we're going to help connect these principles across all aspects of business. And so along with being a diehard sports enthusiast, she also shares a deep passion for the arts community here in Indy. So what does a fan of an organization or sports team look like? I'm very impressed with the Indy Arts organization here in Indianapolis. Um, They have a group that try and get the art organizations together. They collaborate on best practices. They have a subcommittee of marketers, and I've been to a couple of their events, and what they do is great. And they are progressing very well. I think it's a big, big dynamic change, though, in the art organizations because historically you look at arts and they're considered kind of highbrow where sports are considered kind of by a beer, lowbrow type of audiences. And so the arts didn't want to cross over, and understandably so, they didn't think there was a crossover. But as you get to see what the different artists do and appreciate what they do, it's just like watching an athlete in a football game. Now, some of your art organizations, like the dance Um, I am associated on the board of directors with Dance Kaleidoscope. Those dancers are extremely athletic and beautiful to watch, just like watching Victor Oladipo fly through the air or watch Miles Turner get up there and do this gorgeous block. Okay, I'm calming down again. But it's the same. People get the same enjoyment for different reasons. They appreciate different aspects of it, but it's the same kind of thing. And if you look at um, art organizations such as choir, Indianapolis Women's Chorus, the Men's Chorus, um, you look at the museums that are out there, all these things, people become fans of the different aspects, what they do. And the thing for everything, whether it's arts or sport, you don't become a true fan until you understand it. Sports, the arts, they might seem like complete opposites, like cats and dogs. But there's one unifying principle. If you're a fan, you embrace everything that goes into that experience. Some love football because there's an understanding of the work put into throwing a perfect spiral by the quarterback. Others love art because they understand the time and effort put into the painting or the dance routine or the sculpture or the film. So what are our values as an organization? What are folks that see your organization going to embrace? What is their experience? As a leader, spend 10 minutes today and write down your organizational values. Run them by others in your team and customers you serve and see if they agree. And if your peers happen to agree, awesome. Follow up with asking yourself, how can we further those values and ingrain them deeper into our culture? And if they disagree, which there's probably a chance they will, that's okay too because now you know where to start making improvements as a leader. No matter where you fall on the spectrum, the first principle that we must embrace as a leader in order to create fans of our organization is leading with humility. There is definitely a connection between not-for-profits and for-profits and adapting to the environment in which they operate. If a for-profit organization continues to do the exact same thing in the same way, aimed at the same people over and over and over again, it won't work. They 
constantly have to refresh their brand. They constantly have to refresh their offerings and and understand their new target markets. And the exact same thing is true with not-for-profits. They have to understand how the audiences are changing, how technology is changing, what's available to them. You can't keep doing what you've always done even though it's been successful it will not continue to be successful in the long run adaptations key to anything trying to accept that you need to change is usually easier than actually making the change and when again I'm talking from my personal experience where I am when somebody asks me to change I may see that that's necessary but I'm resentful and I think of all the reasons why I shouldn't have to change and since I've been doing what I've been doing for so long I get very arrogant in terms of saying you know I know best I know this this is what I've done for my life I'm the expert And I think to be open to change means just shutting the mouth for a little bit and listening. And, you know, we were given one mouth and two ears for a reason, and we all know this, but how often do we employ that? And just listening and being open to new ideas and not talking. Because since you have been there for so long, since I've been there so long, people are going to be hesitant to come up to me and ask me to change. Because I am the expert. I have been doing this for so long. So I have to create an environment where people are safe coming up to me. They're not going to be safe if I'm talking. I have to be able to say, tell me what's on your mind, and then just be quiet. Just let them talk and let train of thought take over, let brainstorming happen, and then just process that. Don't jump to conclusions because your first conclusion is going to be, nope, try and be open. You cannot be adaptable if you are not humble first. And you cannot be humble until you are willing to face the person in the mirror and see the flaws of your own character. That does not make you a bad human. It just makes you human. We all bring flaws to the table just like athletes on the field. Humility breaks down our me mentality and welcomes a we mentality. It takes a team to succeed because where an individual is weak, our team is strong. Even Stephen Curry and LeBron James could not be all-stars without the help of others passing to them, blocking for them, or setting picks that opens up the lane for a slam dunk. So once we have a clear definition of what we value as an organization, like any sports franchise, our goal is to create fans that chase after what we stand for, not the individual players. Can you make your employees fans of what you do? It should never be fans of the person, of the boss. It should be fans of the mission. It should be fans of who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. If you get people to be fans of the individual boss, well, that boss may or may not stay. That boss is not always going to make great decisions. And if you're fans of the boss, will you stand up to them? If they're doing something you think is wrong, are you going to mention it? Probably not, because you're all gun-ho on that individual. But if you buy into the missions and the values of the organization, 
well then if you see something's wrong you're going to be more willing to speak up about it and say this doesn't fit who we are so i i like the idea of of using the word fan in multiple contexts one organization I know of that does a very good job of appreciating their donors and making fans of their donors is Shepherd Community, which is on the east side of the city. And as a donor, they send you frequent emails. These emails are not thank you for contributing, which they do thank you for that, but they include stories. They tell how your donation had an impact and what it did and they're specific it's not just general they'll have a picture and it it demonstrates that you are making a difference and how much they appreciate you in addition to that they call I'm not sure once every other month maybe they call you and ask what's going on in your life how could we help you is there anything we can do to to help you Um, And we appreciate you, and those calls never, ever ask for anything. It's just about connecting. It's about developing the relationship. And so I know the people there by name, even though I've only met one or two of them. And the reason I know them by name is because for years I've had conversations with them over the phone, and I've gotten emails from them. That makes me a real fan of this organization. Plus, the same way, it's holding them accountable because they are showing we are using your donations in a certain manner. And so I think they do a great job of of creating fans from their donors. Here's the key. Don't simply define those values. Demonstrate those values. Let's look at Apple, for example. Apple breeds innovation. They're cutting edge. And they have a purpose that's larger than their products. They want to change life for the better. They just happen to do it through computers. And so their designers, their coders, their marketers, they're first motivated by this larger mission to revolutionize daily life. And then that frames the production of cutting-edge technology. And then when they launch that new technology, they preach the purpose of the company a mission that dares them to change life as we know it. And for many that may not know me, I am a Detroit Lions fan. Grew up in Michigan, just outside Detroit. And it's funny because it brings a lot of heartache every season after season because they've never been to the Super Bowl, yet I'm still a loyal follower. And it's not because of the individual players, because if it was based on that, I would have had at least four opportunities in the past 10 years because we've changed head coaches that many times. We've had all-stars like Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson, just to name a few on the roster, and all of them have left. All of them have changed. And if I were to follow just the player, so would have my fanship. My fanship would have been gone. But it goes deeper than that. I've embraced the Detroit Lions because of the values they represent. They're representing something bigger. They represent a city, a hardworking city, a city that can do it, the city that can push through. And that's why season after season, they sell out an arena, even though they're losing time and time again. And that relates with our customer base, because if our customers who are only fans of our products or system, they'll walk away every time when our product becomes obsolete and when our leaders leave. And notice how I said when, because there will be a time when our product will become obsolete and our leaders will leave, whether through finding another job or 
through retirement. That is just a truth of business. So that leaves us with the key to remember that values are timeless. People and products are not. And finally, in order to create supporters of our organization and not simply customers, our company must become a fan of our fans. For any organization to have sustainable success long-term, they have to become a fan of their fans. So in the sporting arena, speaking as somebody who has owned season tickets or ticket packages for multiple sports and teams, I am not going to name specifics here, I dropped the tickets for one team because I didn't feel appreciated. I was spending a lot of money, and I did not feel appreciated. I bought, took that money and bought more tickets from another team because I felt they appreciated me. I know my rep at that um, team by name and by sight. The rep makes a point of finding me, sending me emails. I don't buy the most expensive seats. I'm not one of the big buyers, but they appreciate me. They send me perks. They're always doing things to show how much they like me. And when I wanted help with a special event I wanted to do, even though it wasn't their normal preview, they helped me with that. That's appreciating your fans. Telling them they're appreciated is one thing. Making them feel that way is another. One of the things that I personally find crosses the bridge between just doing what you think should be done versus being authentic and building that fan base and that relationship is can the person you're talking to, can that fan say what your name is? Do they know your name? And if they don't know your name, even if you are just a part-time worker and you go in a few hours a week and, and send out these emails or make these phone calls or whatever, it doesn't matter what your position is. They need to have a name. They need to have, if possible, a face, but that doesn't always work out and it's not always applicable. You should be able to talk to them about something personal. It may just be, if we're talking about a sporting event, you've been a season ticket holder for 10 years. That's great. Do you have any special events coming up in your life that we could help you do something special with? Is there any way we could help you? That shows that you care about them as well as, yes, you're trying to make sales. We all know that. You don't have to hide that. Everyone understands. There's no surprise. But it's got to be a win-win. It's got to be a two-way street here. So can we help you accomplish whatever your goal may be as well? And I think that shows an authenticity as long as the person is being authentic. You're going to have people who are just reading scripts and there's not a thing I can do about that or a piece of advice I can give. Um, That's just never going to work well. Kim is emphasizing a timeless takeaway here on the ROI podcast. The organizations that succeed, the leaders that inspire, the products to which people are loyal, they solve a problem or address a challenge that's larger than ourselves. It ties into our sense of what it means to be human. And when we plug into that, 
we're going to be successful. So just remember. Everyone likes to have an experience. So instead of looking at whatever you're doing, whether it's playing a game on a field, on a court, or giving a performance to an audience, you've got to realize that this is about the customer experience and not about what you want to do, but what you're doing for them. And if you can look at it through your fans eyes you're going to give them a better experience so let's recap our country embraces competition as one of the great pillars of commerce it drives innovation stabilizes pricing and rewards success And as we know, competition also draws a fan base because people love to cheer for something bigger than themselves. So the question is, how do we create a fan base for our organization and not just a customer or a donor? It all starts with understanding. In order for an individual to become a fan of your organization, they need to understand the values your company represents. So what are they? Take some time to self-reflect and write your values on a piece of paper. Then, find people both inside and outside your organization you can bounce those off of and make sure they align. This will require humility on our part because there's a good chance what we think we value and what our actions value may not totally align. Humility says maybe we are missing the mark or maybe there is room for improvement. Once we can accept we're not perfect, we can start making necessary changes in our organization that create a powerful fan base. Next, once we have our values as a company, lean into them, live them out, put them on every wall and every product we sell. Fans must be built around values, not an individual product or an individual person, because once that product becomes obsolete or that individual leaves, so do the fans. Just like the Detroit Lions, fans are made from a deeper place than what players are on the field or which head coach is leading the charge. They're made from what the team represents, a hardworking and dedicated city. Finally, once we build that cheering section, it's up to us to become fans of our fans. Do we know the names of our repeat customers? Are we treating our donors like individuals? Are we showing care for our staff on a personal basis? It's just like the season ticket holder. If you bought the same expensive ticket bundle year after year with no recognition, why would you keep buying them? It's all about coming alongside our customers, donors, or staff and treating them like the individual human being they deserve to be treated. This has been another episode of the ROI podcast presented by the Indiana University Kelly School of Business. I'm your host, Matt Martella, alongside Associate Dean Phil Powell. Here on the show, we work hard to help organizations make better business decisions. We'll see you next week.